0: as much as i like friday i really like friday but Monday's always fun the gs plumbing talk line is one 800 905 the common sense retirement planning text line is 71307 so <laughs> jennifer granholm everybody the other day i was i was driving around and i drove by the gas station which i always buy gas at this walmart down the street for me on highway 14 and it was at like 280-something or maybe 290-something. And then I drive by the next day, and it's 345. Okay. And um, I guess there was something, there must have been something going on this last week where people taking, it's been so long since I had a kid in school that, you know, I, I know school's about to start where people taking off and driving away and all this other stuff and taking one last break before school starts. I don't know the answer to that. However, I know that, the, you know, there's this ebb and flow of all things that goes on, especially with uh, gasoline prices. That always seems to coincide with whatever they think the peak demand is going to be. During her tenure as Energy Secretary, Jennifer Granholm has proven herself to be one. She's a lowest learner type, without a doubt. Lois learner through and through. We know now that she had a few chats with her Chinese counterpart, the China National Energy Administration Chairman Zhang Xinhua. And um, it is likely that the Biden administration discussed its plans to release oil from the reserve with China before their public announcement. She had her first one on the 19th of November, her second one on the 21st of November, and on the 23rd, they released 50 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, the largest release of its kind at the time. And this is the same Secretary of Energy who wagged her little finger at us and told us that, you know, how dare we question China? On, a, let's see, on a, on Twitter, Biden's Secretary and. Energy uh, energy secretary jennifer granholm we don't have much moral authority to call out communist china so for or anything else for that matter i guess and in fact she thinks we could learn a great deal from the china example you know so here we have the biden administration draining our strategic petroleum reserve while keeping oil companies from building pipelines and drilling new wells and we were at a huge strategic advantage in the market until the day Joe Biden took office. Now we find that Jennifer Granholm had some cozy little chats, maybe with a nice cup of tea, perhaps, uh, prior to the announcement of the first tap into the oil reserve. But that was okay because China was going to tap their oil reserve also to help bring down the worldwide price per barrel of oil. Except they didn't. They bought oil, and, and we get this little report, uh, and they bought oil from us. They bought oil, they bought oil from our Strategic Petroleum Reserve. A Chinese foreign ministry spokesman said the following day that Beijing had arranged the release of its own crude oil reserves, but indicated that they instead boosted their own supply, even buying up fuel from the U.S., About 900,000 barrels of oil were sold to Unipec America, a subsidiary of the Chinese government-owned gas company Sinopec, which in turn had received billions of dollars from BHR Partners, a private equity firm co-founded by Hunter Biden, who held a 10% stake in BHR until at least late 2021. So now we have a Hunter Biden connection to these oil sales. So, when did Hunter Biden sell his stake in BHR? Did he sell it after this sale, after this uh, this, this little ma- this, this little maneuver they did there? <laughs> uh, by the time it was all said and done, the Biden administration drained the uh, strategic petroleum reserve to the tune of 260 million barrels of oil. But they said they were going to refill it. And at least 3 million barrels, and up to 6 million barrels to replenish is something, but it's a measly drop in the bucket when you tank about the 260 million barrels worth. And the plans are coming to a screeching halt now. They said that they uh, canceled their planned purchase of 6 million barrels of oil to help help refill the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, leaving it at its lowest level in 40 years as oil prices trend upwards. But the department remains committed to its replenishment strategy for the SPR Spokes Hole for Reuters on Tuesday, which includes direct purchases, returns of oil loaned to companies following a hurricane or other natural disaster, and the cancellation of planned sales where drawdown is deemed unnecessary in coordination with Congress. What they're not telling you is that they store store this oil in in salt flats. And when they remove it, sometimes they have actual cave-ins to where they can't go back and actually get into it. So physically speaking, in the physical world in which I live in and that you live in, uh, that may not even be possible. Why was it necessary for Granholm, though, to discuss this with her Chinese counterpart? Americans for Public Trust on Twitter, we've obtained new documents showing that Energy Secretary Granholm secretly consulted with the CCP's top energy official multiple times just before they did this. You know, by law, U.S. oil sold on the international market has to go to the highest bidder. And it's just so interesting and not a coincidence at all that the highest bidder was a China firm with ties to Hunter Biden. Whenever somebody's trying to do a serious cover-up, a real cover-up, right? Sometimes they'll try to do things where they camouflage what they're trying to do. This 900,000 barrel sale, which compared to the 260 million barrels that they pulled out of it is not that much. Uh, that, would, that would be a substantial dollar amount to me and you to buy 900,000 barrels of oil. I don't even know if my backyard would hold it. <laughs> but in the interim while we're sitting here see this, this most of this oil that we're talking about and, and this is where the problem comes as far as where your prices are concerned because what drives the world is transportation mass transportation and delivery of goods so it's the diesel and the kerosene or the you know the uh, fuel oil that go, you know, uh, for aviation, this is where the price, this is where they're having problems getting it because they're not cultivating, cultivating enough new sources to find that. So now it's getting rarer and more expensive as it goes along. There's less of that. And so everything that you're sending there Everything that they're sending down the street and headed to your local store for the for the shelves or anything else that costs more to get it there, so they charge more to ship it to them, and then they take that cost and they look at what they're doing and they they uh, expand the price on everything you're buying, and that's why the price of gas goes up. It's not about the the petroleum that's available for that that oil, right? And it it has something to do with the weight of the oil and everything else that they find and. but it a lot a large part of the price is transporting it to you. Transporting it to you. So I don't know. I, I home has got to go. She needs to be investigated really seriously, really investigated. As does everybody in this little crime. This little crime uh, syndicate that we have running the country at the moment. But. Um, We'll see. In the interim, I'm still watching all these people saying, Trump can't win. And I'm, I'm just wondering how somebody got 75 million votes, how you think you can't win. I, but once again, I'm just waiting on the primaries. Let's see what we do. See what happens. This has got to come to a stop, though. I mean, we are being run, flown straight into the ground by this administration daily on a regular basis. I've talked about this a little bit, but I want to talk about it some more because I'm thinking about cultivating this myself just because I could see where this could be trendy. I'm talking about transracialism. Have you decided to be somebody different from a whole ethnic background? Well, you can now. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Transracialism. New trend. It's a new trend. And if you're not doing it, well, you're just not with it. The GS Plumbing Talk line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line seven one three zero seven. Streaming live on the W O R D Facebook page, and yeah, I have a new angle because I got a new desk. That was fun. You can't imagine how much fun. Podcast is up now. It's at uh, it's on uh, it's on the website, and it's also on the Odyssey app. Get the Odyssey app. And as is lock and load. I mean. I'm throwing it out there. I've only got one more to throw in there, and it's going to be fun. Transracialism is the belief that you can change your race. If you can change your sex through hormones and surgery, why not that as well? And remember, Rachel Dolezal, the very white woman who passed herself off as a black woman because she self-identified as such. Elizabeth Warren, she was Focahontas. Both of them are laughingstocks, as is Sean King, also known as Talcum X, a white man who, if you look at his background, it, 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 you know, he insists he's black. Except, you, you would need some of that in your background to be black, there, Sean. This is actually a little more insidious than adults trying to pass themselves off as the other races, because. You know they're looking for some sort of leg up in the uh, in the victim ID politics thing. What's going on now is uh, it's becoming a trend. It's and it's coming out of the cesspool of social media, particularly TikTok. It involves teenagers, especially girls, who want to be Asian, and it has its own little uh, acronym: RCTA, Race Change to Another. Now. Shelly Pang, who is truly Asian, uh, is the son of Chinese immigrants who fled Communist China after the conversion to Christianity, and he has a Substack uh, website called Society and Standpoint, and he describes transracialism as another form of social media contagion. Uh, but the girls don't want to become another sex; they just want to become another race, usually Asian. And you can get a lot of exposure to East Asian culture on social media. One girl said on a YouTube video, I'm going to be switching to Japanese because I feel so close to the culture by eating sushi, watching anime, and wearing kimonos. Well, I too watch anime, but I'm not thinking I'm going to be. It's not like that, you know, I'm turning Japanese. I'm not doing that. Do you have that song there, uh, Wildcard? I'm turning Japanese. Look at that. See if you got that. How do these young teenage children att- accomplish their race change? Well, first of all, they change their name. They make they try to make some physical changes through subliminal videos that claim to provide the viewer with an East Asian appearance. And if they play those videos on loop throughout the night, their hair will become darker and their eyes can even attain monolids. Whatever that is. Now, if I decided tomorrow, <clears throat> the vapors—yeah, that's right—the vapors. I'm turning Japanese. Um, if tomorrow I discovered Topo Chico mineral water and I love Topo Chico mineral water, so if I start wearing a hat and rolling around and you know I change my name from uh, Bill to Guillermo and uh, all this other stuff, that would be—I would—I would be told that I was culturally appropriating the Mexican culture. And then I would be slammed, body slammed over that. Unless you're going to be transracial. Now, if I, you know, I, can I, how would I do that? Hmm. Now, Yang Yangpang is bothered by this rise of transracialism, as we all should be. He said, I will not affirm these transracials, and neither should anybody else. These kids are deeply depressed and think their problems will all go away if they identify as Asian. And it's not happening. They need someone to tell them that it's normal to be insecure about their identity and appearance at that age. And there is no magic transformation that will make their mental anguish go away. One thing that we know as you're walking around right now today, you are actually considered to be 20% more attractive than you find yourself to be by most everybody that looks at you. Right? Unless you're Allie Wheezy and we're not getting into her. Him, whatever that. (laughs) And once again, we have young people that are depressed and they're they're not comfortable in their own skin. And we used to call this when I was a kid. We used to call this growing pains, right? Apparently, that can't be had now. We can't have no growing pains. But there's a you know, teens today are assailed by things that you and I didn't have to deal with. I didn't have a smartphone. When I was a teenager, thank God. I was actually out there doing things when I was a teenager. And the rise in depression corresponds with the increase in smartphone use as well as social media. And then let's talk about the, sh- you know, the, the, the shut-ins once again. the The whole, we're going to look back in time later on and we're going to say, That whole uh, lock-in thing that we did for two years with COVID, we destroyed a group of young kids. We destroyed some young people. And we did. And we've seen a rise in depression and suicide over this that has come up. And the transsexual activists insist that transracialism is not the new transgenderism. And we don't get to compare the two, even though they have very many things to be compared with. Two academics from Edith Cowan University in Australia, they say this is not because there's anything inherently wrong with trans people because of how trans people are treated by others. Conflating racial identity with gender identity implies that being trans is a choice and therefore so is race. The reality is that transitioning as a trans person is a difficult and taxing process, one that can be dangerous but also life-saving and celebrated. It is racist. (laughs) <laughs> to think someone can pick and choose parts of a race or culture they like, then distance themselves from that culture when it suits them. They avoid the burden of discrimination while reaping the rewards of white privilege, taking the necessary resources and voices from the communities who need Sexuals are victims, and transracial adherents are not. What if you found an example out there of somebody that was both? I'm talking now about Oli London. Oli? He's a British social media influencer, both transracial and transsexual, and he underwent surgeries to look like the lead singer of a Korean boy band. But then after he got that and he was trying to look like the, you know, the, the, the kid, then he decided to adopt a gender fluid trans woman identity as well and decided to adopt the appearance of a female Korean singer. See, I, I would have to have a flowchart on this just to keep up with this nonsense. I would, you know. And I was confu- I'm was i confused just reading about it. Oli London was confused too, but he's confused no longer. Last November, he announced that he, a former atheist, has found Christianity. He said this actually kind of saved my life. It brought me back to who I am as a person finding God. For those of you that are out there that are considering wanting to change your... Uh, your your, your your race, you can't do it. You simply cannot do it. And that's okay because we're born as we are. And there's nothing holding you back. And it's certainly not your race or your gender holding you back. Everything is going to be up for grabs very shortly. Let's take stock, shall we? This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right, I'm going to call an audible. We're going to talk about something real quick because I heard about this. I wasn't there, but I heard about this. The GS Plumbing Talk Line, one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. I heard about the balloons at Haywood Mall. I, I haven't been to Haywood Mall probably in six weeks or so. I only go specifically for a specific store because it's at the mall. Most of the time it's for the Apple store because I, unfortunately, am a part of the Apple ecosystem, but that's all beside the point. So let me tell you what you should do in the event of a mall shooting. First of all, a shopping mall is a high-value target. You need to understand that. It's a high-value target for terrorists. It's a high-value target for a rampage killer. Because both of them are just looking for body counts. If one unfolds in front of you when the clock starts, every minute you can look at a minimum of four people dying in a real rampage shooting or terrorist incident. Minimum. And until that pattern is interrupted, it will continue on. And it will be horrific. The thing about a shopping mall is that all of these stores are fed deliveries via a back door that's in an in a access hallway. I know that about Haywood Mall because I was a milkman and then a bread man, and I used to deliver to the mall. My biggest customer there was Chick-fil-A. <laughs> but you deliver through the access way. So in the event that this happens, and if you're just walking around and you're not somebody that carries a gun, right? The first thing you got to do is you got to keep your head. You cannot panic. You cannot panic because panicking means you're going to go something. You're going to do things that you shouldn't be doing, right? You got to keep your head. You got to figure out which direction this is coming from. And then you got to go in a different direction. The way Haywood Mall is laid out, they have walkways on either side. If you're on the bottom if you're on the bottom floor, you have access to stores as you do on the top floor. However, the, the top floor is, has a separation where we get to look down picturesquely you know, to the people on the lower floor. In the event that you hear something like that, if you hear what you think is gunshots and everybody starts to move around really fast and screaming begins and all of this other nonsense happens and uh, people begin to generally panic, go into a store. Go to the closest store to you, left or right, wherever you are. Go into the store. Tell whoever's in the store, there's a shooting going on. We need to get into the access way. And they will let you. All of you go out the back. Now, for those of us that carry guns, and I do, the first thing I would be doing is... uh. As I and I'm getting ready to go into the store and tell them, hey, there's a sh- there's a shooting going on here. Let's get out of here. Uh, I will be drawing a weapon and trying to get everybody around me, behind me, and go through, go into that store right now. Let's go. Let's go through that store and let's get into that access hallway and let's get out of here. If you're going to pull a gun during a rampage killing, carry air, you know, some sort of earbud or something with you. Dial nine one one. Tell them who you are, tell them what you look like, tell them what you're dressed in, tell them where you are, and tell them you're there. So that somebody will come by and give you an all clear. Because sometimes when you're headed to the access hallway, you may run into an incident where the the door may be obstructed or locked. So now you're going to be holding up, but you're in a place where you're surrounded by cinder blocks, so... You have a degree of cover there unless he comes into the access hallway too now you're now things change really rapidly but you can't panic in one of these things people you cannot panic the headlong rush to try to get away uh with the mandalay bay shooting in in las vegas most of those people that got hurt got hurt in the stampede they didn't get shot they got hurt in the stampede so I heard that and i found that very interesting and amongst people that i hang out with still hang out with today um, one thing that we all agree on is that sooner or later we're all we're going to see in the united states a mumbai type attack and we're going to see in the united states a kenya nairobi westgate mall type attack someday here i don't know where it's going to be it's probably going to be in the northeast if i were a terrorist i would be going to the northeast Rampage killers are a different breed altogether. they are looking for targets. Rampage killers are looking for—they're uh, looking for fast publicity, and cred, and all this other stuff. So, on the text line, if you're ever in an active shooter scenario, the first thing you should do is escape and help everyone near near you escape. If the active shooter is near, well, and and we've seen this before, Clackamas Mall in Oregon, kid named Nick Melly. Guy pulls out an AR-15 that he'd stolen out of a car, announces in the food court that he is going. The rampage killing is about to begin. Kills two people immediately, wounds one, and as everybody separates and gets out of the way, he heads down the mall. Kid named Nick Melly pulls out a Glock twenty two forty 40 caliber, gets everybody behind him, including his girlfriend, takes a position of cover and just waits. And when rampage shooter shows up and sees Nick Melly. Rampage shooter himself goes into the access hallway and commits suicide. And that is a textbook as good as... I mean, that's disruption of the pattern. That's what you call that, disruption of the pattern. But these guys aren't looking for for a fight. Terrorists, they may be looking for a fight, uh, but these guys aren't looking for a fight. They're looking for easy victims. So... I I heard that, and I heard about the panic, and I I just want you to understand that in a situation like that, panic is your enemy. As much as the shooter, panic is your enemy. You got to keep a level head. You need to be moving pretty fast, and just go into one of the stores. Left, right, wherever you are, head into one of the stores. Look at everybody there. It's probably going to be some kid that works there. Tell them there's a shooting going on. We need to get out and get into the access hallway where you get your deliveries. They'll know what you're talking about. They'll get you out into the access hallway. Head for the outside. Get outside. Try to keep moving. Movement is life. As long as you keep moving and everything else, that's going to be good to go. You're going to be good to go. You you do not have to be a victim if you keep your head. The last thing you should do is just stop where you are and cower on the floor. Please do not do that. Please do not do that. Now, let's do an assessment because all the marbles are about to be on the floor. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Let's go to the phones real quick. Let's go to Robert in Greenville. Yes, sir. Hey,
1: I wanted to weigh in on that uh, mall shooting. If there's a shooter at the mall, I'm going in after the shooter. I, I'm going to worry about whether I get shot by cops or whatever. I'm going to try to pin the shooter into whatever room he's in. If I see him come out, I'm going to take him out. That's exactly a military precept. We defend the weaker. You know what I'm saying, Bill?
0: Well, I a, hear what, a military what, precept would be that if that is the mission. If you're the only one that has that mission to do that, that would mean that you were tasked you're to first do that on the scene.
1: Bill, if you're first on the scene you drew short straw. Sorry, man. Well,
0: I'm 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 not I'm not worried about that per se. All I'm saying is this. In with a concealed carry permit in the state of South Carolina, you have no moral obligation to defend anybody other than yourself and yours. Right? Now that doesn't mean yeah. that doesn't mean that right. you might not do it. If I'm presented with a rampage killer and he's right over there and I can see him, I'm probably going to engage him.
1: If I hear him, I'm going to it.
0: Well, then you're. That's that's uh when when you go in, if
1: get shot. Okay, man, I was doing the right thing. Well, that's way military does.
0: We well, I mean, when
1: we get short straw, we go to it.
0: Right. Well, the the military that I existed in never never was an army of one. You know yes, what I'm saying? But you know what I'm saying? Civilian, I get I,
1: in a military mentality. You got to do what you got to do, man.
0: Well I mean I'm a military veteran in a civilian world and uh, my military mentality, my mission is to take care of myself and mine and anybody who may be around me. That's my mission. Now if I have a if I have a target of opportunity, if I have an opportunity to, to access the target
1: first on the scene. First well, on the scene, man, you gotta do I'm, the same thing.
0: I well, I'm not first on the scene because I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a cop. I'm not there re- responding to a call of a man with a gun. I'm a first responder in that, that
1: the cops haven't been called, guess who gets to do it?
0: Okay. Well I that's mean right. that's that's up right. to you. That's up to you. I would I do not advise you to do that though. That's up to you, but right, I don't advise but, you to do it.
1: Hey man, we gotta do what we gotta do.
0: Okay, well go do what you got to do all i'm saying is that uh in the event something like that happens i i would feel much if like with my granddaughters i'm not leaving my granddaughters if that happens and i'll tell i'll tell you i'll tell you the shortcoming i will tell you the shortcoming shortcoming to your plan okay because i just mentioned i just mentioned the kenya mall incident in 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 uh at westgate mall in kenya when they had multiple assailants in multiple places and then they all opened up, boom, 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 in a pre-coordinated manner. And they, they maximized their body count. And the only reason anybody... Radio? Huh?
1: Were they on radio too? Short wave.
0: I have no idea what they but, had as far as communication was concerned.
1: Well, how did they coordinate it? So they just... Uh, they didn't include me in
0: that. They pre-positioned weapons. And then they went in there. And they had <laughs> belt, belt-fed belt Crew served weapons in place in certain places, and the military took four hours to respond to this. So, if if in the event of this happening, and you hear the first shooter, and you take off and leave you leave yours behind you because you're going to go out there and you're going to be you know you're going to go uh, you know all, all Sunny Crockett. Okay, well, even if you're doing that, if you're doing that, you're going to you're going to expose your back possibly to somebody else if you don't know what you're doing. But, i know But No, hey, you know I that's get
1: shot by the cops. But man, that's the way we do. Well, that's we do the way you do. That's the way you do. No, no, no,
0: no, 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 no. There is no short straw in a shooting in a, in a gunfight. There's no straw.
1: Uh, Bill, you know that's how we were demanded in the military. No, we it wasn't how we were
0: demanded in the military. We, we were we were given a we were given a, a mission, and we went to the mission. And along the way, if we encountered if we encountered some sort of resistance, well, yeah, we dealt with it. But if we could go around them and you preserve all of our assets, we you did what
1: that. To do anymore, you still military. You can't tell me you and Super Dave are not military.
0: Well, are, yeah, we're still military in our mindset, but th- this is the thing: <laughs> our 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 mission was to complete the mission and come back so we could do more missions. Our mission was to preserve right. our assets. You,
1: that, you might not have that luxury if you're first on the scene
0: Okay. 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 a single okay.
1: shooter.
0: Okay, I you got you. You know what I'm All saying? Right. I, I, do, I do, but, you know, bad choice. That's a bad choice. Dave wouldn't choose that. I wouldn't choose that. That's a bad choice. Bad choice. You hear shooting the best. I mean, I, I have trained with some of the best guys on the planet. And I've spoken with some of the best guys on the planet. I know a guy named John Farnham. He's still got five rounds in his body from the various things he's been involved in. And what he told me is the best gunfight is the one you don't go to. So this is a guy who's had to go too many. And now he trains to bring the hyperviolence if necessary and to do everything he can in his power to keep from doing that. That's what it's all about. It has nothing to do with the call or something like that. I have no call to go out and engage somebody that I can't see when I got me, mine, whatever it is. I have an obligation to be around too. Time for the Excedrin. (laughs) This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.